Hey y'all, welcome back to season two of Nutrition by Lex podcast. I'm so excited to be back. Um, I am doing the seasons um, February through November, if you guys could have guessed. I know I was getting a ton of questions like, where's the podcast episodes? What's happening? Are you still doing it? Um, I decided I'm going to take every December and January off from the podcast. So the seasons will run February through November. And I am so freaking excited to be back and having all of these amazing conversations with some amazing, amazing guests this season. Um, I have a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys, but I just wanted to pop on and say welcome back. I hope that you guys are going to be here every single dang Wednesday um, to listen and join in on all of the amazing interviews and conversations that I have with everyone. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for being back and supporting the show. Without further ado, here is my amazing conversation I have with Holland. Welcome back, my beautiful people. You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I'm Lex, your host, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. It is 2021, and we have a whole set of new guests coming on the show this season, and I'm so excited for our first guest of the year. Um, I'm here with Holland. Holland, if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone listening, um, I'm sure they'd love to get to know you a little bit. Well, hello. Thank you for having me, and I am Holland. Um, I am a plant-based vegan chef, mom, former restaurant owner, and I have a cookbook and I'm writing my second right now. Um, but I'm, I'm just someone who literally kind of became obsessed with my own health and all the different rabbit holes that's taken me down and just the evolution of my health. And so it's also become like my life purpose to really understand my body and try to give people keys to understanding their body. Yeah, I love that. Man, Holland and I were just kind of chatting before about how everyone's health journey is so different and you evolve throughout it. And so it sounds like her story is pretty much right along that what we were talking about right before. And even with you guys listening, we want like one of the main things with this is we want you to realize that like it's okay to change your habits and your diet and like that's you evolving and stuff. So um Holland, how long have you actually been plant based? So fourteen years now. Okay. Um, I stuck to it completely, 100%. Um, uh, but I've had so many diets within that and so many evolutions yeah. of health, as we exactly. talked about. But yeah, but for me, um, when I went vegan, it was like the difference between night and day for me. And so I stuck to it because of health reasons. And okay. I just felt so much better that I really didn't want to like rock the boat on it. And so for me, it was a really easy transition. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot easier than some people could say, because whenever I first went plant-based a while back, I think it was like five-ish years ago, I kind of went like you did, hardcore switch, and it was really hard for me, <laughs> so it was very hard to take out some of those food groups that I knew that would, it would benefit my body in the long run, and that's what I was really trying to do, but it was so hard to stay on track with it, sort of, and again, that's with people having different journeys and health, health journeys throughout the time with their diet. 
Absolutely. And also I cook. So I want to say like, I also know how to make um, foods. Like when I I went vegan for me, like as a chef, I had already gone to culinary school, but it opened up this huge array of ingredients that I didn't even know existed in the world. And so for me, it was really fun. Like, how do I make a carrot cake, but use brown rice flour and have it be vegan and health centric, but still taste like carrot cake. So I think my transition being easy was also that like I went into an abundance of food instead of deprivation, which is what a lot of people go into. Right. And I think that's exactly what I did when I first started it. When I first tried to go plant-based, I had the mindset, it was almost like a negative mindset about what I had to take out versus what I could put in. And eventually once it got a little bit easier for me and I was like sticking to it more, you're totally right when you say you discover so many other foods. Like, I don't think I'd ever use so many spices in my life. And it just like changes the whole way that you can like even look at food. Cause you're like, I can literally turn this into this. And it's so cool. Like, I, I love that you said a carrot cake example. Cause I actually, whenever I was in that phase of my life, I actually made like a gluten-free vegan carrot cake. And I took <laughs> it to like a family event and they were all like, I don't believe you that this is gluten-free and vegan. And I was like, well, it is. <laughs> Well, I'm not lying. lying. (laughs) Yeah, I work with so many clients and a lot of it is really getting people to break up with their food beliefs on things. Um, I don't push people to be 100% vegan. I find that for the most part, people have a hard time transitioning. And I just try to be a reminder that food is supposed to set your mood. Food is energy. And um, there also is an emotional tie to food. And so it's a tricky business. Like most people are in a very complicated relationship with food. And for me, I'm not selling any particular thing except for that I believe plants, mainly fruits and vegetables are very beneficial to every diet and that our diets should be more centered around them. And so trying to teach people how to have their favorite foods healthier. Like, I don't want to tell someone you'll never have a burger again. I want to say like, let's try five different vegan burgers and see if we can hit that aha spot, but not have you feel bloated, um, you know, with symptoms or really putting your body into disease. Right. I I love that. That you're just like, okay, let's not take this away because we don't want you to feel deprived of it. Let's try to add this and see if it gives you that like satisfaction factor as the burger does as well. That's awesome. And I love that you're saying um, just fruits and veggies in general. Like there has been so many different studies out there for all types of diets. You can look at the Mediterranean diet, a plant-based diet, a vegetarian diet, um, even like keto and stuff. I know everyone on this podcast knows I hate the keto diet. I can't say that. They're probably like, here's you. We can talk about that. I'm sure you do. Yeah. They're all like, here she goes on her keto rant again. But, um, like every single diet that you look at or all the fad diets, like literally all the research says is plants and like plant type foods, like fruits and vegetables are all beneficial. Like adding more plants based foods, like fruits and veggies and stuff are going to benefit your health, no matter what diet you look at. And I feel like everyone like likes to look past that. Um, but yeah, Yeah, they have in common. right? Right. And it's like, 
fruits and vegetables. Some of them remove fruits, which, and I'm also a big believer, like it's not science, it's simple. You are your own science experiment. No one in a lab can tell you what's happening with your body with even say like, you know, we could go deep into microbe with where you live, what's happening in your microbiome, right? With what your genetic predisposition, your genetic predisposition to certain foods that your family has eaten for years and your body has adapted, even though it may be bad for someone else. Also, I believe every diet works because it makes us look at what we're consciously putting into our body and makes us make a change. Our body loves changes for it to change and adapt. And so I don't put down any diet. I just want to bring to light that there's people that eat to live and there's people that live to eat. And if you're someone that lives to eat and you're following someone's program that is someone that right eats to live, it is not going to match up and be sustainable for you. Also with keto or anything, I've had so many friends try to sell it to me. I have done keto vegan. I try to try everything to see how it feels in my body. And I definitely had changes in the first couple of weeks. After that, my body and my personality start to change. I need fruit. And I'm telling you to be a science experiment for yourself and see if those same things come up. And I want you to look at people, right? Um, A lot of people come into the health space and they've had one successful diet and you don't know where they are a year later, but you may be preaching for what they, what worked for them for one month, right? Right. And also there could have been tons of other programs they did that would have worked too because their body needed a shift to make a change. And so I don't know anyone that's been on keto long-term. I do know most of my clients that come to me after keto normally um, have lost about 60 pounds and gained about 75 back. And I don't say this to put it down. I say it to bring light that not one diet works all the time. And so stop being sold on it. You know, I'm not selling you anything except for that your body is an evolving, ever-changing biological thing. And so what it needs on a daily, monthly, or yearly basis changes. And if you're not in touch with your body or in touch with being conscious about it, you're doing it a disservice. Exactly. And I love that you say that because I always, when I'm talking to my clients, I'm like, your body is literally a machine and it knows exactly what it wants. And it comes out in like, say you're craving different things at different times of the day, especially for us women, we are literally, our bodies are changing every single day. We're going through cycles, right? So you might crave one thing one day and another thing another day, but it's most likely based on what your body's actually needing. And, and so it's changing every day. So if you're having chocolate cravings three days a week, but then you're craving I don't know, something salty the next day you're in, you're like, what the heck is going on with me? I have salty and sweet cravings and stuff. And it's like, your body's changing. It's, it's not going to be the same every single day. And that's why I like to, even on my Instagram and everything, but with my clients and stuff, like all of my nutrition coaching and stuff is so personalized because you can't pinpoint one thing for every single person for what works for me is not going to work for you. What works for you is not going to work for me and the next person and the next person and the next person. And I think it's so hard to get out of that mindset that everyone puts onto social media and stuff about the whole strict, you have to do this diet, this diet, this many calories. And it's just, there's so many misconceptions out there that no one really understands what they really need personally. I always say you want to know the difference between vegan and keto. 
It's called the marketing plan. Um, <laughs> That's so it, was, it was a great marketing plan. And, uh -huh. and there is truth. I believe at times we aren't supposed to have fruit. Fruit is a season. Most places, I live in Hawaii and there's times where my banana trees don't have bananas. There's times where I don't have papayas. If I went with the natural world, I would naturally take a rest from almost everything because it wouldn't be in abundance. Right. I couldn't get apples from Washington state or Costa Rica or wherever they're coming from. And so for me, like I'll hit heavy on apples for a little while. It's not like, oh, it's fall, it's apple season, I'm gonna eat them. It's just, I'll be like, okay, I've been eating apples for about three months. I'm just gonna give them a break, right? Yeah. So there is something that's beneficial, but the fact that anyone thinks that you can stay on one diet for the rest of your life is insanity. Like I am 43 years old, I'm about to turn 44, and I've had three children right? My body's needs were different when I was making babies than they are as it transitions into a different part in my life now, right? right? My food needs were different. And also with that, like, I never expect anyone to get to where I am like quickly. I run into people in the grocery store and they'll be on a soup broth diet, which like would be so hard for me to do. And so I try to remind people, like if you eat McDonald's, like your body only needs small changes to make change. So if you make McDonald's, switch it to Subway. And when you plateau there, I want you to go to like a more local sandwich shop that uses more real foods than Subways. And when you plateau there, I want you to get an avocado sandwich at Whole Foods. And when you plateau from eating that, I hope that you can move to the salad bar. But this should be over time. Like a lot of people wanna to get to where I am and it's like, I've been on a 14 year health journey that has had many dips and pivots, but all of them were so important to put me in touch with my body. Right. You know. No, I, I totally love that. And I even say this a lot and I'm sure the listeners have been like, okay, this is another one of her analogies, but I always say that everyone tries to like build this big mountain of a goal and they're over here and there's like a, a valley between here and the mountain and they try to take this huge leap and they miss it by like this much, like a tiny little bit. And then they get super discouraged and they feel like a failure and they just quit and like in all, like they just like, okay, I give up. I'm going to go back to my McDonald's and cook out and stuff. And all that while in reality it's baby steps baby goals to able to get you to the top of that mountain while building stairs to it versus just taking that big leap and like you said you've had so many different like journeys inside of a journey almost within your 14 year health journey and i mean i've only been on my health journey for almost six years now and i've already had so many ups and downs and pivots and turns and stuff and so many unexpected things come your way and like you just kind of have to take it by the reins and go with it and do what's best for your body rather than having a straight line of a goal or a plan, I guess you should say, because I mean, when we all try to plan something and to go exactly how we want it to do, it never ends up working out in the long run. Anyways, there's always stuff that comes and goes. Um, so yeah, I really like that. You said that you've been all over the place the past 14 years and it's yes. just because we and the mountain that keeps growing, right? Oh, you see sure. the top of it, but it's like, as soon as you get to it, you're like, Oh, now I get to address this. Yeah. 100%. Or now I get to address my mental health because I got my body figured out. Right. So it's like, you know, wholeness of health really means showing up. It's a practice every day. Do I choose myself? And there's 
so many days I don't. Like I always say, if I'm doing nine out of 10, where I choose something because it brings me vitality in life instead of like one step closer to death or feeling not alive, uh, you know, if I'm choosing nine out of 10, like I'm killing it. If 90% of the times I'm making good choices for myself. And, you know, that's one of the things with shame I want to talk about. Like people are shocked I eat sugar. Like I, I went to pastry school. Like I love sugar here and there, but I have healthier forms. Like I have no guilt with what I eat or what I have. I do not have shame on things. If I feel like having a blueberry muffin with a streusel topping, I I'm going to have, but it's not going to be made from a box. It's not going to come from Starbucks that has, you know, I think 30% gluten. They actually separate the gluten. That's why you get such a nice, soft mouth feel there. Um, but I'm going to make myself a muffin that has ingredients I like. I get to see the amount of sugar. Normally, I choose maple syrup. It does very well with my body. Um, but I, I'm going to make it where it definitely stacks up next to that Starbucks muffin in terms of taste, right? So... I want to teach people how you replace ingredients to make your favorite recipes healthy so we can avoid the shame cycle because you are going to go back to your favorite foods. Right. That's all I want to tell you. So you need to learn how to have them healthier. It's no one else's diet. Your favorite foods, the five foods you make the most, that's the diet I want to work with people on, on teaching them how to replace ingredients to make your grandma's lasagna plant-based or at least plant-centric you know, dairy free, probably with a whole grain as opposed to, you know, uh, wheat lasagna noodle, but that we hit on that mouth feel and you have that aha go in your brain where you feel loved from eating that dish, but it's not something that's going to turn against your body. And so that's kind of my newest thing. And yes, I I love that. And I love that you touched on your grandma's lasagna because I know for you that follow my Instagram account, Um, my mom and I like actually morphed my great grandma's meatloaf recipe into a plant-based meatloaf recipe. And I, we're actually having it for dinner tonight. My mom's like prepping it, but it's so good. And it tastes just like her, like normal meatloaf because of all the seasonings and everything that we like put into it. And when we first had it, we were like blown away. And so we haven't even had the desire to go back and have the normal type of meatloaf. It would be, we just make our plant-based one with like all the different mashed beans and things like that in it. And it's probably way higher in fiber. Um, and it's just like better for our digestion. And like you said, the, our gut health and stuff. And so, yeah, like it's doable. It's definitely doable and people, it might be a little extra work and take a couple extra steps, but it's definitely like worth it in the long run, at least in my opinion, it is. So I love that you said that though. It is. It's so true. And it's like finding those things, not losing traditions in your family, just making them healthier. And I always try to point out to people, I never want to take away what, you know, your DNA disposes you to. However, many people inherit their family's habits as well as their disease and what came first, right? And so it's something to look at. You know, I look at different groups of people who believe they have diabetes because it runs in their family or their ethnicity, but normally when there's an onslaught of it, when it starts getting high, if you can look back at past history, you start to see it's when diets changed and when, you know, certain areas were start to give in, like even with Native Americans, um, that, you know, when the rations started coming out, which were flour, lard, and pretty much corn, you start to see the decline of health um, in that culture. And so those are some of the things I want to bring awareness to, like what if it's your food and not your genes? Right. No, I love that. 
Yeah, yeah. And so when I met my, we were talking about, um, we were talking about people sticking to like a straight diet, right? People want to know what to follow, right? Tell me what to do. What time do I have water? Blah, blah, blah. And I just want to tell you, um, it's not manageable. It really isn't, but it's this really interesting thing. I met my, um, like my favorite plant-based kind of hero, Rich Roll. He has an amazing podcast and we were talking and I was telling him like, oh, I really want to do what you do. And I just want to teach people like about this lifestyle, right? Because like both of us were talking and we were very loose with our lifestyle. We didn't have certain recipes. Like sometimes you add chia seeds, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do this, sometimes you don't. And kind of seeing kitchens as multivitamins and are we getting different things and that it really was simple and not science. It wasn't that you need this many chia seeds to have it. It's just you know, constantly adding things to your diet. But, you know, he pointed out to me that as nice as that is, wanting to teach people how to organically do this and fit it into their life, everyone wants a plan. They want to know exactly, you know, how many chia seeds, if there's 22 or, and so just as consumers, you know, when he brought that up to me, I was like, that's so interesting because we're asking for something that won't work in our life to give us health. And so you kind of have to look at that. Like, maybe I need a plan to jumpstart but like true uh, lifestyle shift means it fits into your life. Like right. you can do it really easy. Like you shake the little mason jars of chia seeds and sometimes you have more, sometimes you have less. Right. Sometimes right. you do two bananas, sometimes you do none, right? And it's fitting it into your life. And so that's kind of um, part of my purpose, I think, is just to kind of give reminders to people of why they should break up with some of their beliefs or why they should question some of them. Right. And that's, I love that. Cause it's, it's like the whole no rules aspect of the food. Like there's not any supposed to do, like you aren't supposed to do this or this, this, this. And like everyone thinks even with the time of the day and what you're eating at the time of the day, like everyone just thinks you have to have breakfast food in the morning yeah, when I'm hungry. Exactly. Like, <laughs> okay. So like if you wake up and you're not hungry, wait until you're hungry. If you wake up and you're starving, eat. If you wake up and you're craving tacos, you can have like a taco if you want, but like, there's no specific rule. You don't have to have pancakes and eggs for breakfast. Like that's not, no, I don't know who, there's no like law against that. And you can have like, I know breakfast is a whole thing for dinner and that's so much more normal. We used to do that when I was a kid all the time is uh, like breakfast for dinner and stuff. And that's so normal, but like having anything other than a breakfast food at breakfast is like so unheard of. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. if that's all you have in the fridge and that's all like you're craving, then what's wrong with it? Like it works for you. Go for it. I do tell people, right. Cause like I do fruit normally in the morning. I found yeah. that works best for my body. Like if I'm a little hungry, I'll have a smoothie. Right. Yeah. Normally put like, I would do almond milk, almond butter, frozen strawberries, kale, maybe two dates. That's like yeah. my jam right now. Right. I would have that or say if it's summer, like I would eat half a watermelon at the table. And it's like, people are like, you're so weird. No, no, no. And I just want to say like breaking up with your beliefs. It's more weird that you have four different animal products on your plate with a carby vegetable than it is for me to eat fruit that grows in complete abundance. Right. 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 And so it's just looking at that. Like, why do I think it's weird that someone would have half a watermelon, but I don't think it's weird that I need to prep and cook all this food. And it comes from four different animal sources that I could never find in nature on my yeah. own. Exactly. No you one can, like, go out your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to milk the cow, you know, on a consistent basis, maybe a farmer, but yeah. <laughs> that's it. You know, for the most part, it's like just looking at why do I think that's normal? Right. Right. Because 
it isn't, you know, and, and it's fine to have that at some point, but the abundance we eat in and the abundance we believe our bodies need, uh, do not mirror the way nature works. Right. And so many people look at a plate of food and they picture the piece of meat or like the animal product food as the main portion of the food. While I, with some people who have tried to go plant-based and like kind of sort of transition into a more plant-based type of diet with my clients, I've told them to focus on, look at the veggies and the sides that you have of each meal or the fruit for breakfast or something as your main course. And then if you do want to have the animal product on the side, think of it as a side. So it's not like something you're, oh, I have to have this and then base all the more important things smaller around. Focus on the more important things and then you can get your taste for it if you are still craving it a little bit on the side because so many people think it's not a meal unless it's based around like a piece of meat. And that's just like how I've, I've transitioned the way I look at a plate of food that way, because I mean, I don't eat meat right now. I've slowly maybe ate a little bit of fish here and there, but I haven't eaten like meat in five years. Um, so I consider myself vegetarian. Um, but I like don't look at a plate of food and just think it's not a real meal if there's like not a slab of meat on it, which so many people think that way. Oh yeah. People like the way people think I eat compared to how I eat. Oh, we were going to talk about this. This is like a good time. So like yesterday for me, I had a smoothie in the morning, probably around 10 or 11. I don't eat before I work out or walk because I generally don't like it. I have a, um, on again, off again affair with coffee. Um, currently we're hot and heavy, Same here. <laughs> but normally I, do, <laughs> normally I do coffee in the morning. And then once I start feeling hungry, I try to have a smoothie before I have anything else and see if that satiates me. If I need more than that, then I'm going to have something else. Yesterday I went to actually met a friend and I got a vegan burrito. And so my burrito had rice, beans, lettuce, guacamole, and salsa in it. And then for dinner last night, I had a really yummy um, bowl of vegetable soup and just heavy and veggie and homemade veggie stock um, with like a nice baguette on the side. And so for me, that's what I ate last night. I made some, I call it cheap, uh, cheap cookie dough or cookie dough crack where I take almond butter, maple syrup, and oats, and I mix those together to my sweetness, and I add some chocolate chips in. It's like a more raw, deconstructed granola bar, and I had that at night, Um, and that's kind of a normal day for me. I would do a smoothie, maybe a salad. Lunch tends to be my heaviest meal of the day, just naturally. Yeah, I do my best. I feel like a lot of people have a heavier meal, either breakfast or dinner, And then like smaller lunches. And that's how my life is too. Like, I feel like I get so busy throughout the middle of the day that I don't actually set aside enough time to prep like a, a lunch meal. And I just don't get hungry enough during the day. So it's interesting to hear you say that that's like your, your big meal of the day. Yeah. I tend to eat lighter, but that was with age too. Right. So that could be something like going forth with age. Like I just don't feel like feeling heavy at night. Yeah. Right. I totally get that. Yeah. So like I tend to probably do more of a salad for dinner and as my kids get older, which is like interesting. It's just like, I don't need to cook those big meals anymore. So I tend yeah. to like go a little lighter. No, that, I totally get that. Cause I'm ready for a break. For, yeah, I'm sure cooking for a lot and like a bigger family is so hard to, it takes a lot of work, but it's also just as hard to cook for one. In my opinion, at least it's so hard yeah. to balance the two. Cause I have some clients too, that are like, I live by myself. I don't know how to cook for myself. <laughs> like I have no idea. I'm like, I feel you. I live by myself too. So I get it. Um, except it I'm, at my, I'm at my parents' house right now, but normally I live by myself. So 
I totally understand that. But I also see your point of view because my mom tries to cook for us and it's just like, it takes so much more time and effort and it's just, you just don't yeah. even do it at the end of a long day. Yeah. And I, I tend to have more stuff if I'm cooking for other people than I do for myself. Like I'm a very simple eater when I'm alone. Um, and then so, yeah, it definitely has been interesting and it's hard for me at times, even with being a chef, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh God, do yeah. I want to make something? Do I want to spend the time? Yeah. You know, smoothies so much easier. <laughs> no, I know. One, one blender. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you being out in Hawaii too, with all of the amazing fruit that you guys have, like, I'm sure that's just great and amazing very nice yeah I love yeah I love smoothies and I could do them like all day every day but with it getting so cold here I just like it makes me too cold so I wish I was in a warmer environment like you are where I could just like have them whenever I wanted and have to worry about that yeah so I'll give you a super easy recipe right for yeah. um this is something I do all the time and so I'm a I love soups okay I yeah love and I love cream soups. Like I used to love cream of mushroom soup so much, like a cream of potato soup or potato leek, kind of more creamy base. But so I've really simplified a recipe to be as simple as possible, but really tasty. I think it works best with mushrooms, cauliflower, um, broccoli as well. You can make a cream of broccoli soup, but in a pot, just throw in your veggie, like the mushrooms I just rinse. I don't, same thing with the cauliflower, like roughly chopped. You can have big pieces and you're going to boil that with cashews and salt. And then you just strain out part of the water. And so, you know, your vegetables are maybe sticking out about an inch higher than the water. And you put that in the blender and blend. It is the most delicious, simple, four ingredient soup. If you have it with bread or anything or a salad on the side, I promise. Cashews are an amazing, amazing nut. Um, they make everything so creamy, but doing stuff like that, very simple foods. This is another thing I talk about with health is the amount of ingredients. And I don't know if you've seen my cookbook, but most of the recipes have five or less ingredients. And that's because I learned very quickly, 22 superfoods in a smoothie kill my gut. My body doesn't know what to do. And like our bodies are very simple machines. And like, if you think that your body doesn't have to digest every single ingredient to know where to move it. And so if you look at your loaf of bread and it has 15 ingredients in it, your body's going to have to process each one of those things, including what you put in your sandwich. Right. So I'm a huge believer on giving our bodies like, you know, an easier time, let's say 70% of the time with eating simple foods, but ones that are just delicious. And so another thing, make sure you put enough salt in your food. You know, I do know people will say, I, I have no issues with salt, <laughs> but people will say, you know, I'm surprised at how much you put in when they watch me do it. Yeah. I do mineral, you know, dense salt. I'm very big into high quality Himalayan salt. And I also changed my salts because different places have different minerals, but always make sure there's enough salt in your food yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you're cooking. It's a very important. It's the difference between bland and flavorful food. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I'm definitely gonna have to try that soup recipe. I got a Vitamix last year for Christmas actually. And I use my, like that's what I make my smoothies in all the time. And I know it does really good with soup recipes too, but I have yet to try it. So now I'll have to try your recipe and, and my Vitamix when I, when I get back down. I'm going to love it. And the amount of water you put in, like when I pour the water out, 
I set it aside in case I want it thinner. And the thickness depends on you. Cashews thicken it very, very nicely where it becomes more of a puree. Add more water in if you like waterier soups, right? Or thinner soups. And take away water the next time you make it if it was a little too thin for you. Like I can give you an exact recipe and I have a cookbook and I have programs, I have YouTubes that will teach you all of it. But you get to make it exactly how you like it. And if you love dill, throw dill in there. If you love pepper, sriracha, put that in there. All of it's meant to be a base so that you can learn to make things to your taste buds. Yes. Oh my gosh. You said sriracha and that's, I have a sriracha obsession. (laughs) I would definitely be doing that. You can make a cute little heart on the top of it, like decorate with it. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I put sriracha on literally everything I can. It's so good. It like, it's amazing. It's not only like Spicy, but the flavor of it too. It's so good. I've tried oh, doing it, my used it on toast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I do it on top of my like avocado toast, like all the time. Like it's so good with everything but the bagel <laughs> seasoning. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I love that seasoning. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so, so good. It's the best thing I've ever found at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Yeah. And same thing like with them. There's so many different things we can talk about with replacements, but like for me, I make a vegan ranch, right? I love ranch dressing. If I have like a pizza, I love dipping it in ranch. I love it on a salad with some croutons and chopped veggies, right? But I use vegan A's, which is a vegan replacement. They have organic ones and very high quality oil ones. And I think it's yummier than mayonnaise. It's actually in the refrigerated section it's a real product it's not shelf stable yeah and i it's got like the green lid and stuff right yes it has yeah and there's a few different ones like they have soy free they have grapeseed oil and any of them are good whichever one you feel like i thin that out with a little almond milk and salt and then i add dill to it and if I'm going to pour it on a salad, I'm going to make it thinner. If I'm going to, you know, have it as a dipping sauce, I'm going to make it thicker. You always want to put enough salt in so you get rid of the almond uh, milk and the mayonnaise taste so that it tastes like a nice creamy, you know, milk-based sauce. And, you know, it's things like that. Like, how do you have your favorite foods in a healthier form? Exactly. I, I love that. And I've never thought about turning the veganaise into ranch dressing. Um, I'll definitely have to try that because I used to get the vegan ace all the time because I went through a stage in my life, like we're talking about different stages in your life where I loved like mayonnaise type stuff. But every time I I tried to have like a, I don't really like it that much anymore now. I don't know. It was like a short little phase in my life, but um, I, whenever I would eat like regular mayonnaise, it would really upset my stomach. So I started buying the vegan ace and it didn't upset my stomach at all. Um, And I really liked the flavor of it. So I went through a phase where I like, I probably went through a lot of jars of that. So I never thought about turning it into ranch though. And I love ranch. So I'll try that next time. Yeah. And using veganase, like I use garbanzo beans and a potato masher as my tuna. And for me, like I loved in tuna, red onions, when I used to eat it, I loved red onions, celery, capers, dill, and I recreate that now with garbanzo beans. I strain them because they have this skin, it kind of gives that same mouthfeel, right? And like with my clients or with anyone, I would say like, let's, if you eat a tuna sandwich every day, let's try to replace it like this and just see if you feel better where you're like, oh my God, you know what? My tummy's not getting upset. I didn't feel bloated after, right? Yeah. Because if for some reason garbanzo beans do make you bloated, you don't want to trust me that you should be able to eat them all the time. You want to know for yourself, right? And so if that doesn't work, then you find a different replacement. There's tons of them these days, you know, but 
being your own experiment, right? And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, with garbanzo yeah. beans, I don't know if anyone listening, um, they actually used to blow me a lot. And garbanzo beans are the same as chickpeas, if you aren't aware of the, the two different names. Um, but they used to blow me a lot. But I discovered that once I started going through and removing the skins off of the garbanzo beans before I would cook them, the bloat was gone. And so I was like, okay, so I just can't have them with the skin on it. I can take the skin off and then I can enjoy them. Um, yes. So it's, it's those little, little um, tweaks of things here and there to try and figure out what works best for you really is. And sprinkling, uh, sprinkling when you're cooking, um, if you buy canned, I don't know if it would work because I'm not sure if it actually happens in the cooking of it. But when you're cooking any beans from scratch, if you put just enough baking soda, I just do a sprinkling like you would have salt um, over it. It actually neutralizes what affects um, and cause gas in you. So that's oh another thing with any of them. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that before. That's so interesting. Huh. It really is. And it doesn't change the flavor. Yeah. But you can still have your beans and not worry about what it does to your tummy. Yeah. That's really good to know. I'm definitely going to note that one down because yeah, some of them just bloat me so much and it's like, I love them. I love the flavor of them and they satisfy me. But like an hour later, I'm like, I look pregnant and I'm like, okay, no, we, we, need, we need to change something up. <laughs> not working. Right. And yeah. so that's the thing. Your body's always talking to you and it's not talking to you to annoy you. It's talking, it's trying to show you areas of sensitivity and where you can adjust. Right. Like part of our work is we have to do the work. Right. And so I don't have like a notebook or a food diary. And at first, maybe I started that way, but now it's just kind of like, Oh God, I feel tired. What did I have at lunch? And it's like, right. sometimes even like, Oh, you had a sweet potato, maybe sweet potatoes. You have everything you need from them right now. So when you're putting them in your body right now, your body doesn't know what to do with it. I need a break from sweet potatoes. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's just this mental note, like you said, a computer process that's happening since I gave awareness to what I eat and what causes it has on my body. And I grew up on a regular diet. Like I had soda in my fridge, orange juice. I didn't even know there was water. I was allowed to put sugar on my frosted flakes. Like I am, I was allowed to order anything I wanted. If I wanted a milkshake with dinner, I could. So I definitely also want to say like, I come from horrible eating habits and have been able to make this change and still have a complete love affair with food. Right. It's so, it's, it's definitely doable. You guys, I know everyone, sometimes when you're talking about plant-based diets and stuff, everyone's like, Oh, I could never. And it's like, no, but you could, you really yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> it's just breaking up with your beliefs. Like there's so many things people love, right. That exactly. they don't even know, but naturally it actually was vegan. Like we came from a place where there wasn't abundance. There weren't grocery stores and it was with what grew and what products we could make out of that. Right. right. And so with that is definitely, um, less ingredients, you know, animal products were very expensive and very rare back in the day. You literally had to have money to have them. And so like French toast was naturally a vegan thing. It was, how do you take your stale bread and turn it into another meal? Oh, you dip it in a flour and water mixture that softens it and bakes it, and then you top it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's going back to that simplicity of foods. And if you can hit on those things, most people actually prefer the plant-based to the regular. Right. Yeah. And I even know from speaking from personal experiences, 
when I was like full on plant-based, like I was not consuming any animal products at all. Um, I probably felt the best I'd ever felt in my entire life. Like I had so much energy. I was sleeping better. I felt more alert. My brain was working properly. There was just no brain fog and stuff. So um, that's even something that I need to work on is going back more towards, because I still consider myself plant-based because I do base all my meals around plants. But then again, I have some things that add on to the side. And then, but like I said, it varies. It goes back and forth on what I'm craving and what time, like where I am in my life at the certain time. So I'm not too strict on myself um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I do just like kind of listen to what my body wants. Absolutely. And I think that's so important. Everybody's different. And also, even when you find a place where you feel better than you ever have in your life, most of the time it's not sustainable because right. life happens, but you want to remember you can feel that way. And normally food is one of the things that gets you there. And so nowadays I do resets for people. I don't call them cleanses because number one, okay, if you're overweight and in disease, cleansing your liver is not going to do anything. The whole process, we are, you know, the whole thing is symbiotic, you guys. Everything has to be working, right? If your liver isn't working, I promise you, your kidneys, everything is taxed. And so for me, it's resets now. Like I'm going to give you three days of food that is 100% whole plant-based foods, right? Hopefully it has flavor. These are, you know, healthy foods though, but hopefully, but my whole thing is, is you just reset people for three days. They have that aha that they feel good. And then they're ordering a smoothie instead of the milkshake. Right, you know, right. most of us want to feel better and we just need to spark someone to that. And so that's why it's like, no, we're going to reset because the only way to be healthy is to consistently be looking at your health and what your body needs and what your body wants. Right. right. And that's exactly. you know, so now it's just like, I tell people like, no, like I'd love to put you on a reset. Like, let's just reset to remind your body that food can make you feel good. And normally when you remember that or have an aha with it, mm -hmm. you tend to stick with it more. Or when you're down the road and you're like, oh God, I feel bad. You're like, oh my God, I can just reset with food and start to feel better. Right. And it's those baby steps. Right. Exactly. And it's, I love that you said, um, it's not sustainable. Cause like what I was saying with my, when I was full on plant-based, if one diet was sustainable, then I would still be full on plant-based. So it's, yeah. it's the process of letting go of that feeling of having to be perfect at something like let loose a little bit, give yourself <laughs> a break, like step down off the pedestal. Like it doesn't have to be perfect and exactly how you picture it in like a movie. So to say, like, you can vary up and down, make it your own. Cause there, like, again, there's no rules. Um, I think that's like kind of like a main like message behind this whole episode is that like, you can make it yours and there's no rules to how it exactly has to be. And whatever you land on might not be what you stick with and might not be what you need two years down the road. So I love Absolutely. that you said the consistency. Yeah. And maybe kind of leading in and finishing off as I, can just kind of let people know where I was and why I went plant-based. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, what, yeah, what's changed in my life for me since then. So I had my third child at 29. Um, and after I had her, I was overweight. I didn't feel good. I had endometriosis throughout my 20s. I probably had it in my teens and wasn't diagnosed. Um, but I had had surgery for it at that point twice and was looking at having a third. Um, and I had kidney stones really bad. I had been in and out of the hospital, but the biggest thing I had was no lust for life. 
I definitely was kind of in a depressive state. I felt like my life was completely out of control. And I decided that it was within me. I knew the changes had to come from me. And so for me, going into a vegan diet seemed very easy because there weren't a lot of rules except for you have to eat these plants. Like you could still have sugar. Like I was like, oh, I can make vegan croissants. Like this <laughs> is the diet. Vegan. <laughs> yeah. And so many of the things I read really hit on the diseases I was having, like I was having and the link between food and that disease. And so when I went vegan, things shifted very quickly for me. I mean, within 10 days, I felt like I was a different human being. Like you said, the fog had lifted. Um, I was wanting to go to, for walks every morning. I woke up, like I had lost like 10 pounds right away and I just felt good. And then slowly, um, everything kind of started healing in me. I didn't have issues with kidney stones anymore. My endometriosis started healing. I definitely did not feel like I needed a doctor to check anything out. I wasn't calling with any weird pain symptoms. Um, and then symptoms started going away, like restless leg syndrome and you know, all these symptoms I had to the disease that was happening in my body, you know, bumps behind my arm, like acne. Um, and so for me, I saw so many changes that I just wanted to stick to it. It was like the difference between feeling alive and feeling dead for me. And, you know, in the 14 years, what I've learned is that sometimes I have lows. Sometimes I lose my health. Sometimes I have things come up. So like, I know eating just vegan isn't like the save all for everyone because I've fallen out of health on a vegan diet. But what I do know is with consciousness, awareness, and listening to my body that I can bring myself back to health pretty quickly. Like I am not dependent on a doctor. I totally believe in doctors. Um, I believe everyone has information that can be beneficial for different areas but no doctor controls my life or has the keys to my health. You know, he definitely can have opinions that may bring me somewhere, but I feel in control of my health. And at 43, I definitely feel stronger than I did at 33 or even 23. By no means am I falling down like, oh, I'm aging and na na na. Like I feel vitality just like I did. And, you know, I definitely am growing older, but by no means am I losing my abilities. I find that I am finding more and more about myself and feeling more inner peace in terms of the way my body works. And so um, for me, eating plants and going plant-based was literally, um, maybe one of the most amazing things, not just in my health, but in my life. Oh my and God. that's why I'm here talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's such an inspiring story. Like to hear someone come, like even with you letting us in on your background of like not eating very healthy growing up and stuff and that whole transition and how it actually like transformed you like mentally, physically, and like emotionally is so awesome to hear. I think that's what people listening kind of need to hear when it comes to the whole plant-based diet because there's so many misconceptions about it. Um, but I love that your story is actually very inspirational for me personally too. So thank you for sharing yeah. with us. And I pay no attention to, am I getting the right vitamins and minerals? I pay no attention to the amount of protein I put into my body. Um, I still have curves as a vegan woman. Um, however, I do not have issues with my weight fluctuating at all. Um, and so 
there's just been so many amazing things to it. And, you know, we talked about the evolution of it. Like there are so many tricks within this plant-based diet of things I can do to bring myself closer into health. Right. And, um, and at some point too, it's also like letting go. And when you feel good, just actually feeling good and not trying to feel better. And that's something I've learned in those years as well, which is like, being in a centered place where your body feels good and you feel good mentally, um, you don't have to keep climbing. Like I don't have to go raw vegan next week so that I can get closer and think that there's something better. Um, there's an intrinsic need within us to be better. And so sometimes it's also like when you find health and you feel good, like just stay there for a little bit. Just see what that feels like. That's kind of the inner piece of my body I'm talking about now. It's not such highs and lows. I don't go wanting to, you know, run a marathon (laughs) when I'm like eating like crazy healthy, like, right. And, you know, and then the flip side of that is me laying in bed, not wanting to do anything. And I found myself in the center so much more in the last couple of years. And I really do think that's true health. Your body can take some hints. You don't give everything up. You have room for everything. But when your body is getting into illness, you listen and shift with where you need to. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I love that sort of balance um analogy you gave there with like the marathons and laying in the bed and stuff because it's kind of like it makes it easier for people to visualize where maybe they could have find their true health in their own life um and i also love that you touched on one of the misconceptions that i was going to ask you about that i know we'll probably get a lot of questions about after this episode releases um is the whole protein thing and again Uh i'm sure you get questions about this all the time i've gotten questions about it being vegetarian um So I know everyone's protein needs are very different and your body's protein needs are going to be different based on the day, the time and things like that. So if someone walks up to you and they just have a comment to say about your protein intake or anything like that, what's your response to them? Like, what do you say? Yeah. Well, you know, I always first like make sure they know that like, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a food scientist, but I have been my own experiment for the last 14 years. And what I've come to understand is, first of all, I ask them, do you know what protein is? And most of them do not, right? And so I normally question like, do you see how you have such strong opinions about something that you possibly don't know what it is? And so, you know, we know that protein, right, our amino acids, they're the building blocks of our life, right? They're exactly what we need. And there's essential amino acids, which are complete proteins, and they're normally made up of 11 different amino acids that come together to make a complete protein. And so what happens is, is animals eat plants, and their body turns that into a complete protein, which becomes their flesh. And so I don't need a scientist or a doctor to tell me anything. I believe that every single vegetable and fruit has some sort of protein in it. It's one, two, some of them have 26, you know, different proteins. And I believe in my body's ability, if I'm feeding it well, to store those proteins and that my body has a process to turn them into a complete protein. Therefore, it becomes my flesh. Right. And so I just say, like, I cut out the middleman. I do it myself and I pay no attention to it. I have no protein deficiencies whatsoever Um, and not to brag or boast, but my doctor tells me that if 
his blood work looked like my blood work when he was 23, he would have been happy. And that's for someone that's 43, that in the first 29 years of her life paid no attention to food or what she was eating. So I want to break up with the misconception that the first 30 years are the most important. I completely changed my health around at 30 and my body responded it does not have to do with what you're raised on. I, I hate that people say that. Like after 30, just stop caring. It doesn't matter. You know, it's my mom's fault, the way she fed me. Not true at all. Your body will change at any age. I work with people who are in their 70s and we make huge changes on symptoms and things they've had their whole life. Your body wants to heal. Right. It wants to be in health. It wants to work for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. I mean, you you're never too old to stop working towards the best version of yourself. And I don't know where that ever came from with like, you can't make any changes after a certain age, but like, no, like there are, I've seen it on the news. There's like 80 year olds out there running marathons somewhere. Like, do you really think like they started when they were 14? Probably not because they're 80 and doing it now. So it's like, there's, there's no cutoff. Like you, you aren't being stopped at any age for wanting to be the healthiest version of yourself. And I think that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Whenever people say that, I'm like, what, where did that come from? It's like, yeah, in a month, we could have you a whole nother person with the right team of people. Exactly. You know, (laughs) like we could change everything around very, very quickly. And, um, It just, you know, it's amazing to me. And, you know, so I think that's the biggest thing I would say, like for your listeners and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, you don't need me, although I do have products for you if you feel (laughs) like you do, Um, because you don't need me for your health. You may need me for keys and to learn how to replace things so that you can take on your own. But the keys to your health are all within you, right? Like I'm a reminder, you're a reminder that keto diet's a reminder, but it's all within you and your body will tell you what you need. Um, And until then, I'm here to teach you how to have really yummy foods that will support your health and hopefully hit your aha zing thing in your brain. Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check out your cookbook because I love your idea of like five ingredients and stuff. That's really cool. Um, so I'm even going to have to check that one out, but, um, I would love to send one to you and I would also love to do a giveaway with this coming out for one of your listeners. I, yeah, we would, we'll definitely discuss that. That could be very fun. So yeah, we'll definitely have to discuss that. And you guys listening, watch out for that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, what else? Uh, I'm just trying to remember, I was going to say something else. Um, oh, I really like the way you tackle the whole protein topic too. And I, I really have a lot of respect for that because some people just kind of go full force defensive with it sometimes. Um, yeah. which I think it's the complete wrong way of going about it because so many people, again, with the misconceptions think that you have to have this large amount of protein to survive, which is not very true. Like in reality, carbohydrates is the bulk of what you need for your brain and things like that. Um, but like fruits and veggies and like everything like that and whole grains, but there's this big misconception around protein, you needing so much. And if you don't get this much, you're going to have a deficiency. And so I really like the way you approach your answer. Um, and I respect the way you did because some people can just really turn people away from it by the way that they respond to a simple question. And I think that was a really good response. 
Right. And I always reserve the right to evolve. Like I've learned so much in the last 14 years and I hope to broaden and learn so much more in the next 14. So I always reserve my right to evolve as a human being in my opinions and also as someone coming to you to advocate for health. Um, So, you know, that's the other thing is like, don't get so tight on your beliefs on things because most of the time you're proven wrong at a different point in your life. And that doesn't mean that it wasn't right for you then. Right. Exactly. Like that's, you know, cause people, we hold so tightly to our beliefs and then anything starts breaking up, we start to have shame around it. So like, I want to remind people with health, like you should have tons of different changes and evolutions and you should be experimenting to learn what works right for you. Exactly. Yes. 100%. You hit the nail on the head with that one. I completely agree. Um, Yeah. So that I loved hearing your story. It was very inspirational for me and I'm sure for a bunch of my listeners as well. Um, And it really opened my eyes to some things, especially with those amazing recipes you threw out at us. If anyone listening didn't jot those down, (laughs) rewind and go write them down um, so you can try them. Sponsor break. And as you guys could have guessed, my new activewear line, Surgeon Activewear, is the sponsor for the podcast this season. Of course, right? I could not bypass this opportunity to let my own activewear sponsor my own podcast. So if you guys aren't aware yet, we are a new activewear company called Surgeant. Follow us on Instagram at SurgeantWear, or you can find us online at www.surgeant.com. We are a brand new activewear line. And when I say our products are the best, you guys know I've worn activewear so much, so many different brands. And I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I am obsessed with our stuff. It is buttery, silky, like literally gold. And it's like another layer of skin on top of your body. And we have so many new colors and designs coming out in the new year. Well, this year and years to come, obviously. But the big thing about Surgeon is that we are partners with Rise Against Hunger. So if you haven't heard of Rise Against Hunger, they are a nonprofit organization that feed families in need and people in need all around the world. So in 2019 alone, they affected over 17 million families in 34 different countries. And we have partnered with them so that every product we sell equals a meal going to a family in need. And that's not just an order, you guys. That's every single product within that order. Literally by the click of a button, and you supporting us making an impact on the world. So shop Surgent, www.surgent.com. Obviously, I would love the support you guys and and I would just love to have all of the Nutrition by Lex community and everyone that listens to this podcast a part of the Surgent fam. So definitely check us out. But I like to finish every episode off with asking my guests three like fun questions just to try and get you get to know you like a little bit more. <laughs> um, so my first question is what's your favorite food? simple one. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Um, whatever I'm craving. Okay. Perfect. Whatever I've been waiting for someone to say that, like no one has said that so far. I've literally been waiting for someone to just say, I don't know whatever I'm craving. Today it will be a smoothie. Like after I said the strawberry smoothie, I'm like, mm, that sounds so good. That will yeah. be my favorite food. And if I feel like chocolate chip cookies tonight, that will be my favorite food. Cause it's whatever it is I feel. And I'm, you know, I'm in a special place where I pretty much can make anything I want. And so like anything I love or crave, I pretty much make. <laughs> I love yeah, that, that. That's my favorite food. <laughs> yes. That is like the definition of food freedom right there, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next question is what is your favorite form of exercise or like physical activity? 
you know, it goes between yoga and walking. Um, I love yoga. Number one, going into a studio very much is a practice for me. It's definitely become more about mental um, and meditation within it. But I've seen so many changes in my body and my strength through it. And um, it definitely um, helps with my mental health. And so I love it for that. But I love walking because I think it's the most natural form of exercise. I know whenever I'm in Europe, I feel like I'm in my best health because I'm walking everywhere. And so I definitely try to walk a few times a week here in Hawaii, whether it be on the beach or just outside of my home, um, because I believe it's the most natural movement that like our bodies were literally built for. Like I've never heard like someone that walked their whole life be like, oh, I had to my knee replaced and my hip replaced and you know so I just I tend to think it's a very natural form of exercise that kind of takes care of everything oh my gosh I I so agree with you there I always say that walking is so underestimated like so underestimated it's I love it I I find that like my mental aspect whenever I whenever I plan to go for a run and like I know that I'm not mentally ready to go for a run and I like change it up and be like okay I'll just walk today I'm so much happier. I'm just like, okay, that's all I needed to do. And I'm very satisfied and I feel great. Perfect. Like that's all I needed. Walking, you're very present. Running, not so much. Like running for me is like meditation, single focus. Like there's a goal. Like walking, I'm present. I'm like, oh my God, the bird. Ooh, look at that flower. Like I'm present to nature as well. And so, and that's the thing with yoga. Like anything that I believe helps you mentally and physically is just like a win-win. But yeah, yeah, definitely yoga and walking would be my... Yeah. I've been out of my yoga practice for quite some time now. I actually got my 200 RYT my junior year of undergraduate. So we're on three-ish years ago. Um, And I remember whenever I would be like stressed out about school or something and my parents could tell like solely through like me texting them, they'd be like, go to a yoga class and you'll be fine. And I would go and after I'd be a whole different person, I'd be like, okay, that's (laughs) me. So I totally understand what you're saying there. I've been there. I, I, it's amazing. It's, just an hour flow or like even 45 minutes, even like it changes your whole mental aspect of like what you were trying to accomplish before. And you can go at it at a whole different point of view and just like, I don't know, really tackle it without the stress and like feeling overwhelmed. It's like, and no phones are allowed in yoga classes. That's really amazing. An hour for me with like, if I do yoga at home, like 15 minutes in, I'm like on Insta. You're like laying in the floor. (laughs) Totally. I'm in downward dog with like one hand, like scrolling. And so going into a studio and forcing my phone down and no one can get a hold of me. There is such freedom in that. And you know, most of the time it, if I look at my schedule, it can seem like a nightmare to go there. But as soon as I leave, like, I'm like, oh my God, that's what's missing from my life. 100%. Yeah, no, I've definitely tried to do like yoga flows at home. And sometimes I succeed other times halfway through, I'm already in Shavasana scrolling through Instagram. Like you never know. (laughs) And it's just, it's so much more like when you're in, there's something about being in a studio and like getting in the zone and if you like, I personally love hot vinyasa. Like that was my go-to. Like I loved it. I love the sweat. I love the flow of it. And I would just like get in there and it was like a full on meditation session. Like I would even do some of my flows like the entire hour with my eyes closed. And it was just like, oh my gosh, it was life-changing. It was amazing. I really like, even just talking about it, it gets me all amped up and I want to like get back into it like today. <laughs> yeah. um, you're my soul sister, but I, <laughs> I do hot yoga as well, infrared, and I do it with movement. And very much like you, I find myself at times like in the movement with my eyes closed and it's the most meditative 
subjective experience I have and connects me with my body in this way that I really can't describe. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And just like the empowerment that you feel after you finish a flow. And like, if you do go through it with like your eyes closed, you're like, I just did that. Like, that was amazing. Like, and you feel so connected to like every piece of your body too. Like your fingertips, your toes, like the lower back, like you really start to notice like everywhere, even like with your tongue, like where, if you're relaxed or tense and stuff like that, you don't normally think about throughout the day. And so just being in that meditative state is like amazing. I love it. It's probably like it's the best day to be in. practice. I, I oh, don't know if we could call it exercise. It's like no. a conscious practice. It really is. It, it's not even exercise to me. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that you're into yoga too, which I've always joked, I'm, I'm going on a little rant here, but I've always joked with my parents, like whenever things get like stressful, like with school and stuff, I'm like, if you guys can't find me in the next couple months, I've moved to Hawaii. I'm living on a hut and a beach and I'm teaching yoga classes. Like I literally say that all the time. And they're like, one day you're going to do it. And we're just going to have to come find you. And I'm like, I right. know, let me know when you need the, the hut built. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Well, I for sure. will. <laughs> yeah. That's been like a running joke in my family. Ever since I started college, I'm just like, I'm running away to Hawaii. I'm going to go teach yoga. I mean, I can't say that I've ever um, regretted that decision. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I would either if I, if I actually like went and did it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll so, seeing you here at some point. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So the last question that I have for you is um, my favorite question that I ask everyone. And it's what motivates you to keep doing what you're doing on a daily basis? You know, I think like what I talked about in terms of the goals that um, I have is really to turn people on to just even a spark of what I felt when I changed my diet and when I started linking food to it. So just knowing that there's kids that have autoimmune disease that's being affected by food or that there's, you know, a mom that feels, you know, less than half of a human being and food could be the link. For me, I get inspired by knowing that the information I have could help people and set them off on feeling good and nothing makes me feel better than that. So just knowing that there's people that need this information and need to hear this podcast, you know, it gets me very excited to wake up and be able to talk to people like you and start this conversation. And, you know, for me, it's so lovely to meet people um, like you as well that have seen that the system's fragmented in all sorts of ways then really starting to just kind of point that out and try to point people into the direction of actually you know finding a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable manageable and practical in their life right yeah I love that and that's you like you said the system's broken and it's that's why I bring people on like you and when I do the podcast and I post on Instagram and stuff about like I wouldn't be posting any of the things like that. And I'm sure you wouldn't even have created the cookbook and stuff if there, if it wasn't like broken, if there wasn't things to be fixed in like in the long run and helping people understand their bodies better. So I love that. And I love that question mainly because I just love hearing everyone's why. Like it's, just so, it's so interesting to me. Um, and it's like motivational to me too, to just to hear why you guys are in it and stuff. And it helps keep me going and just all motivate each other. That's my goal <laughs> with yeah, because all of this. 
It's not easy. No. Right. I sell everything as easy. My friends laugh. Like I'm like, oh, easy, easy, easy. But you know, doing this and putting yourself out there and having opinions and right. um, you know, just even the logistics of getting this up and out and everything <laughs> that you do, there has to be something behind it, you know. And it's funny, I, I have my board in front of me right now that I'm looking at, and it says, you know, I am capable of all my goals and worthy of the life I want. And the life I want is to be in service. Yeah. I love that. I need, I need one of those boards right in front of me. <laughs> That's like one of my goals. Um, actually for the new year, I want to create like, Oh, I love it. Do you change <laughs> that like every day or I know I change it. Like when I'm not inspired by it anymore, or like yeah. I have done something that I just dry erase it and put something else up there. What is it I need to hear? You know? That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that. My, one of my goals for going into the new year is to create like a vision board that I can like keep above my laptop and stuff. So while I'm working, I can just like have like all of my stuff that like inspires me and what I hope to have one day and what I hope to do and stuff. So like that's, I'm going to be working on that over the holidays. <laughs> I love vision boards. It's such fun arts and crafts. And just like, it takes time for you to set an intention and really oh, see yeah. what it is you want. Exactly. And like, I'm, I'm a crafty person myself. So I love sitting down and doing all of that kind of stuff, but yeah, I know everyone probably listened to this. It's, it's the second week of February, but we're filming this before Christmas. So you're getting a little into the future here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, I really, really appreciate you coming on today. And this was an amazing conversation. I loved getting to talk to you and getting to know you a little bit. Your story is super inspiring, like I said before. Um, if you want to just plug yourself so the listeners know where to like go find you um, on Instagram, website, where they can get your cookbook, anything like that. And I'll add it all in the show link notes um, as well. So they can just go click on it and get there. But if you want to share with them. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is where I am definitely the most active. That's Holland Hawaii is my um, name on there. And then my website is hollandhawaii.com. I have my hardcover cookbook for sale there. I have two digital cleanses resets for people to want to tiptoe into this lifestyle and are looking for more and then tons of different you know free resources on there as well and so please come check me out I respond to my email myself and I love conversations and um I don't know what people need if they don't reach out. So please exactly. reach out. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on and having this conversation with me. This is like I told you before we started, this was a conversation about plant-based diets and stuff that I've been wanting to have and get on the podcast for a while now. So I'm really glad I got to do it with you. Um, it was a really great conversation and thank you again. And then thank you guys for listening. And we're back on a normal schedule of every um, a new episode every Wednesday with a new guest. So stay tuned for season two. This is going to be a good one. And this was a really great one to start out with. And I will talk to you guys again next Wednesday. Bye.